This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning. The following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and today I am recording solo. Jessica is out of town at a work event. But today is the last Monday of the month, and I am bringing you four spooky tales that was submitted by your fellow spooksters. If you are new here, on the last Monday of each month, we bring you listener-submitted stories. These are true paranormal encounters, encounters with true crime, and things like that. If you would like to submit a story to us, which we would highly appreciate, you can send it over to us at threespookedgirls at gmail.com. And if you are new and would like to hang out with us on the socials, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at threespookedgirls. And we also have our super fun Facebook group that you can come hang out with us in. That's Three Spooked Girls Official. And we also have our spookster shop as well. Jessica and I are working on some stuff behind the scenes and some fun stuff will be coming out over there soon. It's kind of like a little Facebook boutique style shop we got going on. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. Five and up, you get video content, ad free episodes and all kinds of fun stuff. So definitely check it out if that interests you. And if TikTok is your thing, you can hang out with me over there. My handle is spooky underscore sleuth. I do a lot of true crime, spooky content, started dabbling in some book content for our fellow readers out there, and movies and shows because Jessica and I love to watch all the things. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and just dive on in. Our first story for the episode comes from Carla, and Carla writes, Hello, my name is Carla, and I'm from Orlando, Florida, and I absolutely love listening to your podcast. I'm always playing episodes while I clean or take out my fur babies. My favorite episodes are The Encounters, and I have been wanting to write you ladies for a while now, but I just haven't. 
I do have a couple of stories that I can tell you, though. Yay, super excited. All right. So, ooh, we have three encounters, it looks like, from her. So the first one is, when I was younger, my family lived in a three-bedroom house, and my sisters and I slept in the room across from my parents. I was maybe about seven to eight-ish, and there was this one night when I just woke up out of nowhere, and I looked towards my sister's bed on the other side of the room, and I swear I saw the devil. I was so scared, I got up and started to scream and ran over to my sister's bed, and she woke up and swore she saw something following behind me as I ran to her bed. My parents ran in, but there was nothing there. I don't like that. Question, did it ever get... Or did it ever happen again? Or was this like a one and done situation? Because I'm super curious. All right. So her second one says, when I was about 16 years old, and at the time I was sharing a room with my sister still, I had my own side of the room and all along the walls were pictures of my family and my pets. One night, I remembered waking up and hearing this intense rumbling noise, and it got so loud I couldn't hear anything else. I couldn't move or scream, but I could see all the pictures on my wall. I then felt the pressure of hands leaning against me on my hip and shoulder area as if somebody was leaning into me, and I heard, it's okay, you can come with me now. I don't like that, oh my god. I screamed, as you should, and swung my arm back. No one woke up, but my dog was freaking out, and the next morning, where I felt the hands touch me, I was left with bruises. Ooh, that makes me wonder if it's the same entity. (sighs) That's creepy. All right, and then her last encounter says, This one is a nice story. My grandmother from my dad's side was my world. She passed away from breast cancer, and I miss her so much. She passed away when I was about 16 or 17, I think, and I was sadly the person who had to tell my dad his mom had passed. His phone was turned off, and my aunt called me to tell him. It broke my heart to see him cry the way he did. Well, a few months had passed, and I had this incredibly vivid dream. My sister and I were in this gorgeous-looking hotel room, and we were in bed, and I scanned the room. I saw my grandmother at the end of the bed just smiling at me. She looked so soft and peaceful, and I wasn't scared. I just laid my head down and fell asleep. I told my mom the next morning, and she said I needed to tell my dad ASAP. So I did, and while telling him what I saw in the room, he started to cry, and I was so lost. He started to bawl because I had described the room she had passed away in to a T. Mind you, she lived in another country, so I had never seen her room. But she came to visit me and let me know that she was okay. She's my guardian angel. Oh, I love that. So sweet. It's always heartwarming when family members visit us afterwards, or after they pass. All right, guys. So my next story is from Tilly. Tilly has submitted stories in the past, probably a couple months ago now. But thank you so much, Tilly, for your stories. So this time, Tilly writes, Hi, Tara and Jess. Thank you so much for sharing my previous story. And I'm sorry that I left you hanging with an intense cliffhanger at the end. But I wanted to build up some suspense. I have so many stories that I'll have to start from the beginning. So I guess we'll call this part one of many more to come. My grandmother was born in the 40s, and when she was a teenager, her hobbies included having seances, playing with Ouija boards, doing tea leaf and tarot readings, and all kinds of witchy and spooky stuff with her friends. I'm not sure if any of that has to do with what my mother and I experienced throughout our lives, but I think it's important information. My grandmother got pregnant with my mom during the 70s. She ended up going into early labor and found out that my mother no longer had a heartbeat and that she was going to be delivering a stillborn baby. 
After delivery, the doctors tried to revive her, but there were no signs of life, and they ended up pronouncing my mother dead. They handed the four-pound baby to my grandmother, and by some kind of miracle, she ended up taking her first breath a few moments after. No one understood how that amazing phenomenon happened that day. She spent several months in the hospital after birth, but grew up to become a healthy child. Fast forward to the late 90s when I was about seven. I had spent my whole life hearing whispers from my grandmother and mother about ghosts and spirits, but they always told me I needed to wait until I was older to hear the stories. My mom and dad had just divorced, and we ended up moving to the next town over to be closer to my grandmother. We moved into a low-income apartment that was situated on a large hill. There were six rows of these apartments, and the first apartment we lived in was on the fifth row. The downstairs consisted of a laundry room, kitchen, and living room, and the upstairs had three bedrooms and a bathroom. This is where my first paranormal experience began. I remember never feeling alone in that apartment, like something was always watching me, and this feeling was most prominent downstairs, especially in the laundry room. I was always scared of going in there because I felt like something was going to shut the door and lock me in. This was the first time I ever experienced feeling energy like this, and I didn't know how to explain it to anyone, so I just tried to ignore it. Upstairs, across from my mom's bedroom, there was a closet where we put our towels and extra blankets. One day, I was playing with a friend when we noticed a bunch of black hair was coming out of a vent that was below this closet. (gasps) We just started, (laughs) sorry for anyone who's triggered by puke sounds, but it just sounds gross. (laughs) We started pulling out the hair and it just kept coming and coming like it was never ending. Oh my God, that's a fucking nightmare. We had a strange feeling and bad energy came over us. We got so scared that we stopped and ran away and never talked about it again. To this day, I still think about it with all of the possibilities of what it could have been, and I can't believe I didn't tell my mom or anyone about it so they could investigate. Shortly after this incident, I was sleeping in my room with the door wide open. My bed directly faced my door so that my feet were pointed at the hallway to the stairs. When you first came up the stairs, the bathroom was to the left and my room was facing those stairs. My mom's room was beside mine and the closet was to the right of the stairs, which was across from my mom's room and then next to my brother's room. I suddenly woke up from my sleep around 3 a.m. and heard the door to the laundry room downstairs open. Knowing my mom and my brother were in their room sleeping, I got this terrifying feeling throughout my body. I could hear heavy footsteps climbing up the stairs and they got louder and louder the closer they got to my room. Once the footsteps reached the second set of stairs, I could see from my bedroom I got more scared because I realized I couldn't see the person I was hearing coming up the stairs towards me. Frozen in fear, I couldn't even yell for my mom. All I could do was lay there and hope that this thing didn't come into my room. It climbed up the last step and reached the entrance of my room. It was silent now, and I couldn't hear anything for a few minutes, so I thought that it had left, or maybe it was just my imagination. But all of a sudden, whatever it was, grabbed both of my feet and pulled me towards it out of my bed. I have never been so terrified in my entire life, and somehow I got the courage to get up and run into my brother's room. Bro. That fight or flight kicked in and you're like, goodbye. Yeah, smart, smart. I slept on his floor for weeks and ended up rearranging my room so that my bed wouldn't face those stairs anymore. I refused to ever go in the laundry room again and made sure that the door was always shut. However, we would find it opening up on its own, especially at nighttime. I'm still traumatized to this day of something grabbing my feet in my sleep, but you will never catch me with my feet uncovered or facing a door. I ended up telling my mom what had happened that night a few days later. After telling her this, she told me she could also feel a strange energy coming up the laundry room and she also didn't like going in there. 
Then she simply took me to my grandmother and they sat me down and told me I was now ready to hear the stories of the ghosts and spirits that followed my mother her entire life. From as early as my mother could remember, spirits have followed her wherever she goes. My grandmother's house was tiny and my mom and her older sisters had shared a room until paranormal activity started happening in their bedroom every night. My aunt would constantly complain about people visiting my mom in the middle of the night because their talking would keep her up. My mom would say that they were her friends and that they had messages to tell her. Things would begin to escalate and objects started to move around. Books would fly off the shelves. Things would scratch up the walls and knock at the window, which was on the second story and impossible for anybody to reach. And eventually, my grandmother had to move my mom into the living room so that my aunt could sleep at night. All right, y'all. Our next story comes from Lupe. She writes, Hey, ladies, I came across your podcast about a month ago on Pandora. Well, safe to say, I am hooked, girlies. LOL. Oh my gosh. And little heart emojis. Thank you. (laughs) I just finished listening to every episode recently, and I enjoy listening to y'all when I'm at work. I recently joined the Facebook group too. Y'all are fucking awesome. Love the content, the personalities, Jessica's rants, and all the things. Well, thank you. I will let her know. Anyways, Listener Encounters was the reason I wanted to share my paranormal experience that occurred when I was little. So here comes a lengthy one. When I was about eight or nine, my mom, my three older brothers, and I lived in a small apartment in downtown Oceanside, California. Well, one afternoon after school, I was playing outside when out of nowhere, I noticed this black cat that started walking up right towards me and it started to brush against me. So I pet it and after spending some time with it, next thing I know, I'm begging my mom to let me keep it. She was hesitant at first, but got fed up with my ass begging her. So she finally agreed. I named the cat Poe after a character from the kids show Teletubbies. Oh, I'm familiar. My little sister watches it all the fucking time. By the way, when I got older, I realized what a fucking weird show that was. I've actually never watched as an adult, but I can see that if I think about it. Anyways, everything was fine for a few weeks, and my family seemed to like having it around, but after said few weeks went by, I would often wake up in the middle of the night with this fucker on my bed, in between my legs, just staring at me, like just glaring at me and its glowing eyes. We didn't sleep with any lights on, by the way. I would wake up my brother by just calling his name, and when he did, he would see the same thing. We shared a bedroom, and we would both freak the fuck out, but just try to ignore what we saw. That happened a few more times, too. Shit was creepy AF. The radio in our room would also often turn on by itself, blasting music at early hours, so that didn't help my brother and I feel at ease. Sometimes, it was hard for us to get good sleep, but... The fucking cherry on top was when one day it attacked my brother and it latched itself onto his face. Its claws were hooked into my brother's cheek. When we were trying to pull it off, you could see my brother's skin stretching. Oh my God, ow. (sighs) Luckily, my brother was okay. My mom grabbed the cat and threw it out so fucking quick because she didn't want the cat back in our home after that. Which is totally understandable. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, we never saw it again. I don't know what the fuck was up with that cat, but I think it had to do with something negative. Our home already had bad energy. You could just feel it. There's a lot of activity in that apartment, but I'll save those stories for another time. Anyways, hope you gals enjoyed my spooky experience. Yes, love it and would love more. Oh my gosh. So it's like, I wonder why the cat focused on your brother, though. Mm, That's scary. 
All right. So our last story of the episode comes from Bianca. Bianca writes, hello, I'd like to start off by saying, oh my gosh, you guys are so sweet to us. You gals are amazing. You're totally killing it. Thank you for continuing to give us such incredible material to listen to for all the dedication and time you put into research and information you provide your listeners. We greatly appreciate y'all. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Okay, so she writes, so a lot of things happened during my London visit. There's a couple experiences that really stuck with me. One of them is the story I'm going to share now. During my stay at this hotel, I had a lot of anxiety and inability to sleep that I hadn't experienced staying at any other place during trips I had been on. It didn't occur to me as to why this might have been happening until this particular night. This occurs two days after going to the Jack the Ripper tour, also the day of my 30th and my friend's 24th birthday, the encounters. I was staying at a hotel in Canary Wharf by the water when visiting for five days to spend our birthdays together with the friend who lives in London. We have the same birthday. My room was on the eighth floor. I was laying in bed relaxing after spending the day with my friend for our birthdays, and she had gone home to celebrate the rest of her night with her family. An emergency alarm suddenly sounded, and there was a light flashing in the room. I wasn't sure what was going on, so I went to check outside the door in the hall to see if anyone else had heard it. No one else was out in the hall. I went back to bed to wait for if I heard anyone else leaving their rooms. Nothing. I checked out the windows to see if there was any emergency vehicles or anything, but still nothing. So I decided to go down to the lobby and ask what that alarm might have been about. Quick note, I'm terrified of elevators, so I took the stairs down. I mean, I don't blame you. There's stuff that can happen that's scary. In the stairway, there were double doors with, a little, with little circular windows for each floor level that led to the hallway for that floor to the rooms. As I descended each floor level, I looked through the circular window and there was a silhouette of a tall figure with a top hat and a cap. It was very ominous and had a devilish smile. The sense I was getting from this figure was all bad things and felt like if it caught up with me, something terrible would happen. So I quickened my pace with each floor I passed. When I reached the bottom, I made a turn thinking it would lead me to the lobby, but instead I ended up down a dark hallway that was only lit by a strange blue light. I continued walking a bit down the strange blue hallway, looking around trying to find an exit until I got a strong sense of needing to get out of there before the thing caught up with me. Eventually, I found my way to the lobby and it was completely empty, like eerily empty. I went over to the restaurant area hoping I might find someone, but no one was anywhere to be seen. I made my way to the front counter and noticed a sign saying there would be a practice drill that was scheduled for later that day. Wondering if I had somehow entered the twilight zone, I decided to return to my room. This time, I took the elevator. While in the elevator, the lights kept flickering and it felt like it was moving slowly to the eighth floor. When it finally reached my floor, the doors remained closed for about 10 seconds before opening a little and then started shaking as if they had gotten stuck. Oh my god. By this time, I was feeling really anxious and wanted out. The doors suddenly shot open and I sprinted to my room. I mean, I would do the same thing. I was standing by my bed, starting to calm down when I realized I wasn't alone in the room. Next to the closet across from the bed was an apparition of a man who looked to be in his early 20s and was around 5'11", with fluffy black hair, wearing a white shirt, blue jeans, and white socks. It took me a while to notice that there were bloodstains spattered on the white shirt he wore and a knife that he held in his right hand. I slowly moved to the head of the bed while watching this new visitor share the room with me. As he stood there, his head kept twitching and jerking from side to side. 
He threw his head back and let out a laugh that I couldn't hear, but felt deep inside of me and sent shivers down my spine. He then looked at me with the darkest of black eyes and a sinister smirk before leaping towards me. He had the hand clutching the knife outstretched in front of him in a slashing motion. Halfway in midair, he vanished. A few minutes later, he appeared back by the closet. It seemed as though he was stuck in a loop of some sort. I stayed at the head of the bed as far against the wall as I could while the loop continued to happen until light from the morning sky seeped into the room. That's when the loop finally ended and I was once more alone in my hotel room. Sorry it's taken me so long to send this story to you gals. It was a pretty tough one out of most experiences I've had thus far. And also because, you know, life man. It happens sometimes. Yes, it does. I'll try sending more stories when I can. Stay spooky. Sincerely, your fan with the fancy name, Bianca. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God, that is like the most horrifying thing I have heard. It's, I think, what are those? You guys can let me know, but I think those loop ones, they're called like residual haunts or something like that. So that's crazy. And if anyone has any explanation why he would only be confined to a certain area, I am super curious to know. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up for today. I hope you enjoyed. And again, if you would like your spooky or true crime story read here on the pod, you can send that to us via email. We are always taking submissions and we would highly appreciate it. You can send that to threespookgirls at gmail.com. And with that, we will go ahead and see you back on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.